You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, on an all-new episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. And as we approach the very monumental day that is looming in our very near future, which just so happens to be our two-year anniversary, we are bringing to yet another episode. And, you know, just to touch very briefly on that two-year anniversary piece, to think that we would be producing a show for so long. Never in a million years would I have thought it. Never in a million years would I have personally thought that I'd be hosting a podcast, period. But for the fact of the matter of like reaching two years, that is so incredible. And I'm really excited to close out year two with this episode here today. Really excited to have you here for it, as always. So whether you're new to the show or you're a returning member of our amazing community of listeners, I just want to express my gratitude because I get the chills up and down my arm thinking that someone, just one person, anyone is out there tuning into this and trust me, I have the back-end access, my team has back-end access to see what goes on from a statistical standpoint on this show and I know there's more than one person out there listening to these episodes, downloading them, subscribing to them, listening to them from front to back and that alone is truly, truly so meaningful. Like shit. When I look back at my life, I would have never thought anything of this magnitude was even possible. So I throw that out there not to be braggadocious and boast about it, but to let you know, like, if you have a dream or even if you don't necessarily know what it is you want to do, you know, if you just trust your gut, if you just follow what's in your heart, it's going to come to fruition some way, somehow. And it just comes down to you being you, to you uh, remaining present and to you, you know, just doing the work on yourself. I think that's so, so important. So again, I just want to say thank you. And I'm getting a little sentimental, a little emotional, just thinking about that two year anniversary, but there's more to come on that, I promise. Today, we're hosting my friend Jennifer Say with a diverse background in investment banking, independent film producing, and acting. Jennifer combines her passion for all things process with her love of art and storytelling to manage the operations and strategy for shoot. Now, Jennifer attended UPenn and resides in New York City with her husband and three rescue pups, and we're going to be diving more into her story in just a little bit. The reason I'm hosting Jennifer today is because I've personally used her product. Her product is a company called Shoot, which hosts 30-minute photo shoots throughout the United States and soon to be international. Now, I'm here in New York City, as you already know. I've had many experiences. Actually, I shouldn't say many. I've had two experiences, which I've truly loved with this company, and it has been so monumental. It's been just so fun, and I said to myself, you know what? I'm having such a fun time with this product, with this experience, with this service that I want to really connect with the leadership team behind this company, amplify their message or her message in this episode right here, and make sure that I'm informing people of something that's really cool that's out there, a valuable resource nonetheless. So we're diving into all stuff Jennifer and her company shoot in this episode. I'm going to ask you to make sure that you're sharing this as always, whether it's on your story, whether it's on your Twitter feed, your Instagram feed, your Facebook feed, your LinkedIn feed, your Tumblr feed, your Pinterest feed, your VSCO, I don't even know how this kids say it these days, the Visco, whatever it's called, whatever it's on, make sure you're tagging us so that I could personally reach out to you and express my gratitude, whether wherever it is, I want to repost you, share you, do whatever I got to do to make sure that I'm expressing that gratitude. And now without further ado, I bring to you our friend, Jennifer Say. 
Jennifer, first and foremost, I want to welcome you to the show, Decoding Success. Appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us. As mentioned before we even started recording, I absolutely love what you created. I want to learn more about you. I want to amplify your message and what you've created to the world. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. So first question for you straight off the bat, this mm-hmm. is how we kick off every show. I want to learn how does Jennifer personally define success? Oh, man. Um, I think that I define success by, I think for me, it's how I feel. Like I, I want to feel really good in my work. I want to be proud of what I'm doing. I want it to really align with my value set. Um, I'm a very integrity-based person, and I want to know that I have full consistency in how I want to live and that what I'm doing action-wise is living up to my values. And that can look in very many different ways just because depending where you are in process of whatever it is that you're working on, you know, success could mean in a lot of ways, failing a lot, just so you learn a lot. And also I think being really honest with yourself, all those components. um, I think as long as you live in alignment with what you really value, I think that personally for me is success. I love that. So what is it that you really value right now? Um, I mean, I think in my professional career, I really value um, having a great team where we can work um, and really, you know, have transparency with one another, really be able to point out like obstacles and weaknesses and not have any sensitivity around that and really work to make each other better. I think that's like a huge part of what goes on behind the scenes for me professionally. I want to be like really surrounded by the right people. Um, and so that that's really huge for me, I think. Um, I don't know if that, did that answer your question? What was, yeah, what no, it definitely does. Okay. I'm curious how you find that in other people. Like, is there something that tells you that someone has a growth mindset to the point where if you were to critique them or if, you know, someone else on your team was to critique them, like, is there something specific you look for character wise or maybe mindset wise in someone when you're adding them to your team? Oh, absolutely. I think it's, I think, it. you know, people say, you know, when you interview people and you talk to people, they like to project who they want to be. And and I think it's figuring out whether or not they actually have the discipline and the humility to withstand being told they are not exactly what they say they are. And that's harder to suss out. But I do think people who really care about what other people think and feel and show the ability to hold that and not take everything personally, that to me shows a huge growth mindset. Are you able to listen to others? Are you able to really hear and not jump to conclusions or judge right away? Are you able to take things in and have a dialogue um, that's based on facts and based on things and make space for one another? I think um, it's, it's actually, you know, once I work with someone for a little bit, um, you know, you can't always tell right off the bat, but I think especially once you hit any sort of conflict points, that stuff becomes really clear really fast. Right. Yeah, it definitely does. And I appreciate your elaboration on that, but I want to get back to your definition of success. You were talking about like feeling good. So when the world, the universe deals you cards that, you know, kind of make you not feel good, what is it that you're doing to get yourself on track to feel good per se? Yeah, because I understand like feeling good is such an abstract concept, but I think feeling good for me is like, 
um, you know, how am I thinking about things? Like there are, the universe is, <laughs> it's 2020. So the universe has given us a lot of really crazy cards, right? right. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, how do we not just sit in a place of despair? And what are the small incremental steps that we can take? What do we actually have control over? And how do we do the best with what we're given? Right. Um, I think that's how I try to navigate through something, you know, take the time for your feelings to feel whatever you're naturally going to feel. And then what's our game plan going forward? How, how do we get my team on the same game plan? I love that. I absolutely yeah. love it. So this is off to a great start, by the way. I want to backtrack though. I want to learn about Jennifer in high school. Who was she? What was her dream back then? What was she doing? Who was she hanging out with? Um, how did she define success back then? Oh my God. I mean, in high school, I think I was very much on a track of like, okay, I really, <laughs> listen, I come from like a very traditional Asian family. So it was like, I really wanted to be in an Ivy League school. And I wanted to make sure that I was getting the best grades and, and doing that whole thing. And I think I, the only thing I can imagine was because my, my dad was an engineer, that I would be an engineer and that I would just do what everyone else seemed to be very good at. And unfortunately, I was not good at a lot of those things. Like, it, you know, it's not to say I was a bad student, but I, I was just not a math and science kind of person. Right. So then like, you know, in my small universe, what does that mean? So um, that was hard for me and I didn't quite know what to do. So it wasn't until, you know, I went to college and not until I actually also studied abroad and met Diff a lot of different people and a lot of different backgrounds that I realized how expansive the world could be. So, you know, I think it's just, it's an, it's a, a matter of exposure and really finding what you're passionate about based on not just what people tell you is good and what you think the world is like, but your experience of the world in your own, on your own terms. Right. So outside of that, like what, what, all right. So you talked about essentially, you know, you kind of being led down a path just because that was close to, that was, you know, what your, your family was doing. What, what was it that deep down you wanted to do? Was it that, or was there something like, you know, that you did when you were a kid, for instance, when I was a kid, I always played like teacher. Like, All right. you know, I'm curious. You know, I, I would say, okay, so when I was younger, I wanted to be an aggregation of a writer or an actor. I just wanted that. You know, um, I've, I've done a lot of music when I was little, and I just loved the whole, I loved entertainment in that way. And so that was what I always wanted to do. And so when I was older, and after I had done corporate work for a little bit, I did jump ship to do that. And I am actually, I'm also a voice actor right now, um, especially okay. there's no other TV or theater right now, given the pandemic. But I had, I had done, you know, quite a number of years also being an actor in New York. I love that. So yeah. what led you down this path to create this innovative idea with Shoot? And before getting into it, like, I'm not even saying this because you're on the show. I genuinely loved my experience with mm -hmm. your company. Like, oh, great. I, I'm getting the chills up and down my arms. I had such a blast. And again, not even, I don't even need to butter you up. Like I've told so many people about it. I'm like, listen, if you need content, if you need anything for your family or whatever the case is, like this is so amazing. So like what led you down this path to create like this innovative concept and kind of put like your own twist on things? Because it's not just, it's not. Um, I don't know how to say like, it's not cliche, like it's very innovative. And I, 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 you know, really respect that. So I'm curious, like what led you down that path? 
So <laughs> there's kind of a funny way that I got there, which is that, you know, back, uh, I want to say about 10 years ago when I was primarily doing acting in, in New York City, um, you know, the, the, the issue with an actor is you always have to also find a day job. So I was like, well, prior to me doing acting, I had done investment banking. I had done a bunch of corporate work. So I was weirdly, funnily looking on Craigslist. I'm like, where can I leverage my office skills so I don't have to do things like wait tables or nanny or things like that, which I, both of which I don't think I'd be great at. <laughs> and so um, I found um, a serial entrepreneur on Craigslist. And once he met me, he was like, great, I think you should be, you know, our director of operations, uh, VP of operations for my small startup. And he ran a startup um, called uh, Django, which is an internet radio company. And he also had a startup at the time called Smart Lighting. So I began working with him and we developed a really great working relationship where um, I would kind of be the filler for, um, I would do a lot of the work um, I lay the groundwork for a lot of things. I'm very process oriented and project oriented. So I would do a lot of that kind of stuff for him. And then, um, you know, over time, he actually ended up moving and they lost their lease on someplace. So it became a, a, a remote kind of business. And then um, they had to downsize. And so we fell out of touch for about 10 years. And then uh, we, uh, you know, I started, I reached out to him again. 10 years later to be like, Hey, <laughs> uh, I may need you for a reference. Like, do you know, uh, do you know any startups uh, that are hiring? He was like, I actually have this really great idea. And so we started talking again and, you know, I come from, again, my background as an actor and everything like that. I was, we had talked about like the, the gig economy is really interesting. It's um, a place where there are so many things that can be solved with it just because like when you're part of the gig economy, it's like, you feel like you're kind of a little bit of a floating freelancer. Like, how do I do my marketing? And then I have to do sales and I have to do customer service just to run my own business. So at the time we're like, how do we, you know, how do we solve marketing for something, you know, in the creative field for the gig economy? We thought about photography, um, especially since, you know, that was something that I also had to deal with um, as an actor. And we got this, you know, idea of like, hey, you know, it might be really great to, how can we transform the photography industry? Um, you know, New York's kind of a great place to do. There's so many photographers here and there's such a huge need for it here. And at the time, you know, it was, it was huge on the, in, in the sense of influencers. So we thought this would be a great place to kind of start. Um, and how do we fix some of those, um, you know, the, the, the inefficiencies there. And that's kind of how we birthed that idea and how it kind of snowballed into what it is today. Um, we just wanted to see how we can improve one industry. And you have certainly done that, you know, like, so make sure you're patting yourself on the back if you haven't already, because it's absolutely incredible. Um, so let's talk about it more in depth. Actually, I didn't even realize we didn't do this yet, but let's tell the people that are listening what Shoot actually is. Oh, yes. Okay. So Shoot uh, is a female-run business, and our core product is a 30-minute outdoor photo session that is free to book, and you only have to pay for the photos that you love. And the photos start at $15 each or less, or less means that you can get a pack of 10 photos uh, for $12 each, and then you can get a gallery. Um, you know, uh, you, you go and you have your photo shoot at a, a recognizable place, usually that's close and convenient to you. You get a digital gallery of your photos in three to five business days. You have at least 40 photos in your gallery. And then, you know, you can go from there and you can get your whole gallery right now for $240. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a really great value. We pride ourselves on providing what we call Insta-worthy photos. They're great uh. for personal branding. They're great if you need headshots, if you're a model, if you... Um, have kids, you want to get holiday cards, um, engagements, uh, you know, bachelorettes, anything where you want really great photos, we are the source to do that. 
Yeah, you most definitely are. And like I said, I had an absolute blast working with, with your company. What is the process of scaling? Like, I'm curious to learn how you've scaled this now because I know that you're not just in New York, um, which is incredible. Um, and I, I believe you're New York based nonetheless. So like, how are you scaling this operation state to state, city to city, et cetera, and understanding, or actually not, not understanding, but making sure that it's aligned with the values that you were mentioning earlier? Yeah, totally. So we started in June of 2018. um, And it took a good a little over a year to really focus on developing like, what is our core product? How do we, you know, have the stream right for the clients coming in? How do we have the right policies for photographers? Because they're all contractors, right, that we're trying to figure out, how do we get their schedule uh, set right? So I mean, one of the things that we focus on were was like, how do we, so, so how do we have a day of back-to-back sessions for them? That's the best kind of deal for a photographer. Cause what I think some of the other gig economy uh, places do is that they have like one gig for them a week or a day or mm-hmm. something, or they have one here, then you got to travel somewhere else. And it ends up being a huge waste of their time. So what we do instead is we say like, okay, you're going to, you know, if you're in New York, you're going to central park in this one location, and then your clients come and filter to you. So all of a sudden we introduce them to a ton of clients in one place and they only have to show up with their, their camera and their lens. And so it's, it's a really great pl- way for them to effortlessly meet new clients. They would never have met before and also drive demand in their space where before they would have, you know, I have to run Facebook ads. I have to do this. I have to do that. They don't have to do anything. We give them the clients. So um, once we figured out how to do that very successfully, uh, you know, we started in June of 2018. We started to expand in September of 2019. And at that time, we're like, okay, what cities do we want to add first to trial to see what it's like to expand? And at that point in time, I, along with my, uh, my director of photography, we went on the road, we went to San Francisco and then we drove to LA and then we drove to San Diego. We, uh, test shot photographers. We, you know, we interviewed them, we test shot them. We got, got to meet them. Um, we trained them that whole thing. And then we opened up at locations that we picked locations in person. We then went to, uh, we also went to Texas on that round. We went to Dallas and um, Austin and came back. So we, you know, we were doing it in person and that's how we added our first six cities, um, at the time, which was really exciting. And then, um, you know, we started to add incrementally that way all, you know, we would fly out, do that kind of thing. And then COVID hit. When COVID hit, we were like, we still want to expand. How do we do it? Um, you know, if we can't physically go, because one of our big things was that we would meet and meet each person to really vet the quality of our photographers. Because, you know, they, they essentially represent shoot, even if they are local professional sure. photographers, they represent a brand. So um, what we would do is then uh, we, <laughs> made a joke, we made a joke and I was like, well, I guess they can test shoot each other. And so that's what it birthed into that is that we now virtually launch cities. We go and, you know, we still interview, uh, we, we interview them virtually. They test shoot each other virtually. And then we're able to open that way, you know. Um, and since the beginning of, so as of like th- this time last year, we were in seven cities, right, in September of 2019. Um, and now in September of 2020, I believe we're in 35 cities wow. with the goal of being in 40 cities um, by November. So we're expanding very rapidly. Um, I love that. 
Yeah, we just figured out how to make it work even in a pandemic. You're and people still really want photos, so. <laughs> people do, listen, I'm one of them. I'm one of yeah. them. So talk to me about what you feel like has been the biggest challenge for you as a business owner thus far. Has it been something along the lines of being a female business owner? Maybe some slight with that. I know like the world's still changing very much. So maybe it's something that's operational. Maybe it's something that's even personal, like, um, you know, mindset or, or something. I'm curious, like, what do you find has been the biggest challenge for you thus far? That's interesting. Um, I think, I, I'm, well, I don't know if it's the biggest challenge. I would say you always want to make sure you have the right people on your team. Like I would not be where I am if I did not have the people that I have right next to me. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't emphasize that enough that everybody is you know, chipping in well, everyone's working together as a team well. Like I I know and I feel very lucky in that way that I have the right people supporting me that have strengths where I have weaknesses and vice versa. Um, So we're able to, because when we do that, we're able to really cover so much ground. Like our team right now, I think we have about 11 people on our team to support, you know, close to 40 cities. And we're able to expand exponentially with the right people. If we had overhired or if we hired the wrong people, you know, some, sometimes some of the people were not always the best fit. And I think, you know, anytime someone's not a great fit and you're not, you're not really gelling, it does burn a lot of your resources to have to handle that. So, um, you know, we're, I'm very happy with where our team is today. And that's probably, I would say, you know, I think your personnel, in my opinion, is kind of your biggest challenge. Yeah, I love that. So talk to me about what or how you set your goal smart. Like, right, you just said you want to add five more cities by November. How do you know that's a smart goal versus like, and five is five. I don't, I don't know the inside of your business. So I'm curious, like, how do you understand that's a smart goal? Is it something that's analytical based off of, you know, the past experience of adding cities or is there something else? Um, it's very analytical. I think like we constantly have a pipeline of like the right photographers. Do we have the amount of right photographers? Do we have a sense like, you know, and we have a, we have a sense of all the small tasks that go into successfully launching a city. It's, you know, it's about like a hundred different things, but we kind of are getting by now have a very good sense of timing. And we also run like a well-oiled machine to be like, okay, you know, our lead time in order to launch something is a good two to three weeks. Let's make sure we set that in in order and let's make sure everything is done. You know, there's, it's a lot of discipline discipline in terms of managing our timeline and a lot of communication as to like, what is the holdup? And then, you know, if there's a holdup, we all chip in to fix it and figure it out. And so we do have a pretty good sense of what is a realistic goal for Mm -hmm. sure. At least operationally, we have a very good, strong sense of that. Awesome. What are your goals personally, if you don't mind sharing? Um, in terms of my company or no, in terms of you, like, I don't know, like, do you want to move to Columbia or start a new life? Like, I'm, I'm curious, like, what is Jennifer's goals these days? I think, I think my goal is that we continue to scale our, I, okay. I mean, for shoot, like I would love us to have an international presence where, you know, our first thing is to like very much conquer the U S to have the offering be kind of in every city and even small towns. Like, you know, you'd be surprised. Everybody just loves photos. And you know, when you, when you have kids, like your kids look really different very frequently. So like people love using the service repeatedly. We found that people are very, very loyal to the service, which is really fantastic. So growing it in the U S and then expanding it internationally, um, I, you know, what's, what's great about our business is like, it brings people joy. Mm. And I just love working in a, in an industry where that's kind of the name of the game, you know? 
Um, and so I want, to, would love to spread that internationally. Um, that's a huge thing. That's so um, awesome. And to be able to scale effectively. Yeah. Right. You know, one thing that came up for me when I asked you the whole challenge question was how are you keeping your photographers from attaining the clients that you set them up with on the side? Like, I think that's really, it's almost like, um, I was going to say talent management, but that's not, it's more retention, right? Like, how do you keep those clients coming back to shoot versus like branching off with the photographer you set up? Like, there has to be some sort of trust, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, we generally, our pricing is, is, is generally more affordable because we do, you know, we work at volume, right? right. So we, we can afford to have slightly better pricing than if they go and work with them individually. I think they're free to work with them individually, um, but like then they have to pay their own prices at their own rate, right. you know what I mean? Which is like a totally different thing. But then it's not also a shoot experience. A shoot experience is that 30-minute mini session. So yeah. I think like we really incentivize them to keep coming back through shoot. Um, and then if people continue requesting a photographer, they also get like the, the photographer gets a larger percentage commission out of loyalty. So we, we try to make it as convenient as possible so people keep booking through shoot. Yeah, that's so awesome. And you want to know what yeah, that yeah. 30 minutes at first I'm saying to myself, is that enough time? And then just like the way that it flows, like it's the perfect amount of time. It is the perfect amount for sure. Yeah. It is the perfect amount of time. And like everything that was captured, I'm like, perfect, 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 perfect. So that that's awesome that it's incentivized like that. But to get more personal on the Jennifer side, I'm curious to learn what is a question you wished more people would ask you and how would you answer it? Oh, it's selfish, I know. So take your time to think about it. It's not yeah, selfish. I don't know, I don't know what I wish that. people would ask me. That's interesting. I think it is really important to know. And, I, you know, I think you, you asked me this, which, which is, is it's the concept of, like, what is, what's the most important thing to you, you know, in that, like, I think everyone's like, oh, you run a business, you know, you just want to make money and all that stuff. And it's not that that's not true. But I think for me personally, um, I thought it was a really fun challenge to, I was like, how much, how much can I run this business with as much integrity as possible? Because I think, especially when you're running a gig economy business, you know, you have some <laughs> negative stuff around like Uber and how it treats its drivers. Like a lot of times you end up squeezing your contractors and that's a huge, and I was like, I want to run a business where it is not about that, that it is a win, win, win across, you know, how do we make it as good of a business as possible for not just clients, but also our photographers who I actually in a way consider our clients in a way and also our own personal staff. Right. And like, you know, because I'm focused on that, I was like, you know, when you balance all of those things, everybody wins. And that's really important to us as a business. And it's, it's always something that we're really looking for. I was like, how do we care about all three pieces? And I personally think that if you care about all those three pieces and balance that, that there's no, there's no way you can go wrong. And so I think, you know, that's, that's just like a philosophy that we have that we really maintain. Um, which, you know, I, I think it's just like, it's just an angle that I think people don't think about. You know what I mean? Right. Because people get really 
people get really nervous that like, oh, you're just trying to take advantage of clients or you're taking advantage of photographers. And it's like, no, what's really not what we're about. We spent so much time really, you know, being like, how can we better be better in these areas? We're not going to be perfect, but it is something that we take very seriously. Yeah. So, yeah. No, makes sense. Awesome. Cool. So what do you feel like, and again, personal Jennifer here, what do you feel like is the best piece of advice you ever received? Kind of a cliche question, but you know, like, was there ever something that was delivered to you advice-wise, maybe from a mentor or even a colleague or whomever that was just like, holy shit, like this really like struck a chord with me? <laughs> um, gosh, this is so funny. So I think one of the things, uh, I had a very tough boss in my first job when I was doing investment banking and like working really long hours as like a 22 year old. And I, I remember I said something to her that was really funny. When we, I first started working with her and I, I was like, oh, I'm like, don't, don't you trust me? And then, so I had two bosses and, and one of the bosses goes, don't, please don't ask her that. And then I, I remember they were like, you know, trust is really earned. And I sat there and I was like, they were being really hard on me in, in a lot of ways. But ever since then, I was like, you know what? Trust really is earned. And I, and I find it really my personal mission when I work with people. I'm like, I really want to be a trustworthy person to you. I want to have the integrity that whatever I say, that you know that I mean what I say. And I'm not trying to fool you in any way. And that you can, you know, like, you know who you're dealing with. Because like, right. why, why should we play games in any other way, shape or form? And so I think that's really been kind of how I've operated going forward from there. And I know not everyone does that, but that's super important to me. And I think has, is like a common thread in how I handle a lot of my adult life. Yeah. It's like, you know, I know I want to be someone that you can trust. Now you might've beat me to my next question. I yeah. always ask right after that, what's a piece of advice you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time. Was it what you were just mentioning? yeah I was like oh wait like <laughs> yeah I don't want to hear you don't want to hear that like people automatically don't trust you and then you have to you know but then I was like no I, I get it you know in every relationship that you have whether it's personal or professional like you do have to stand by like you have to answer for so much right. and if you break people's trust it's really hard to get that back right and sometimes you never get it back yeah and then you know and maybe that was a relationship that, that could have been amazing for you but you just would never know so like you know, again, like, and that could apply, it could be a friendship, it could be just be a vendor, it could be anything. But like, I think, you know, I don't know, I think it's a little bit like karma. There's nothing, you, you know, you don't want bad karma. Like, you, why ruin a relationship? Why ruin any relationship? A hundred percent. I totally yeah. get it. Totally get it. So last question, potentially last question here. If you were hopping on more podcasts, you know, now in the future, whenever hopping on stages, because you built this monumental, innovative concept, and you could only give one piece of advice for the rest of your life, what would that be? Mm. It depends. I was like, I was like, advice is always contextual based on, (laughs) based on the recipient. Um, You know, I would say for for whatever it is that you work on, you have to really surround yourself with the right people who are willing to speak the truth to you in love. I do think that, you know, all of us are so gifted in very unique ways, but we also have blind spots. 
And you can only progress in my opinion. I mean, sometimes you can get lucky and, and well, you know, there's, I think there's <laughs> instances where a lot of people have gotten really far without doing this hard work on themselves. But I do think like, there's no, there's no downside to really doing that hard work on yourself to figure out what it is that you're really great on, what it is that you need to work on and just continue focusing on that um, in a healthy way. Like what bad comes from that, you know? Yeah. Um, and staying true to that. If you stay true to that, like, you know, I, I think if you stay true to that, there's nothing that I feel like your child self wanted that you're not living in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I appreciate, again, you hopping on here. I want to express my gratitude for that. Where are you personally hanging out most on social? I know you're on LinkedIn. Are you on any of the other platforms as well? Um, I think I'm on Instagram a lot. I haven't been posting anything because there's like nothing photo worthy because I am very much homebound at the time, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, you know, I'm on Facebook a bit, but, uh, cool. and you know, sometimes I troll Twitter, but. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to have all of your social links in the show notes of this episode, as well as everything for shoot where people could check that out, all the socials, all the websites, et cetera. And uh, Jennifer, I appreciate this. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Of course. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, from our friend Jennifer Say, directly to all of you today. Just wanted to say thank you again for being a part of this journey with us as we approach that two-year mark, and especially tuning into this episode right here, right now, with Jennifer and myself. As mentioned earlier, sharing these types of episodes, sharing all of these episodes, honestly, and maybe not all of them, but the ones that really resonate with you. Listen, I'm a realist. I know not every episode is going to strike a million and one chords with you, but there are those episodes episodes that probably do. And when you could share that with the people that are in your circle, the people that have a similar mindset, right? That's really monumental. And that's what I ask you to do. I don't want you to think, oh, Matt's always asking us to share, share, share. Sure. In a sense, I am. But ultimately, deep down, it really comes down to understanding what the people in your circle are going to resonate with, which is exactly why I ask you to do that. Now, on top of asking you to do that, I want to make sure that you're connecting with Jennifer, which you can find all of her social handles in the show notes of this episode and make sure you're connecting with her reach out to her, reach out about her service, check out Shoot. I put them in the show notes of this episode as well, her company and what they have going on. See if they're in your neighborhood, see if they're in your area, I should say. And I highly, highly suggest it because I have an absolute blast working with her company, her staff, and so on and so forth. Now, until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.